I mean, I've always been inspired by the grind. Mm -hmm. Even now, you know, I love to follow, for example, I've, you know, I've gotten a new appreciation for football players uh-huh. because I, you know, I know a couple um, ex-NFL players and then a couple people that did play collegiate football mm-hmm. and they were telling me like how hard the workouts were. And I started to realize and I was like, you know what? There are days when you just don't feel like it, but you still have to give 100% in the gym. And I'm like, you know what? These guys are pushing themselves 100% every time in the gym. Like, I admire that. That's what I like to see. I like to see the grind. I like to see the grit. I want to see them suffering because to me, that's inspiring. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but I kind of grew up in that atmosphere when I started at that golf school because the coach there was very good when it came to discipline and I guess what we would do is we would listen to almost these motivational videos. Okay hours every single day to the point where I could almost you know say every line in every video (laughs) and I think that was almost like an unconscious you know just adding to the to the fire um so I enjoyed it I really liked it because I always thought you know when I started working I was like mind over matter Brit so every time I would be in a workout and it was hard that's what I would tell myself and you know obviously sometimes I would think like okay Brit you got to do one more rep to beat your competition you want to win the tournament just do it yeah so I mean I would kind of think about things like that Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back, everyone, to the H&L Movement Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another week. If you're new to the podcast, please take a look at all the previous library of episodes, some great guest conversations, great messages, and also I enjoyed doing a lot of solo episodes. This is definitely the right place to learn how to optimize your performance and reach your true potential. We talk about everything again from rehabilitation, injury prevention, strength and conditioning, performance training, to even sports nutrition. And for all of the returning listeners, thank you so much for joining me for another week. I hope you enjoy this episode. I had a lot of fun recording this episode. It was a pleasure talking to professional golfer Brittany Fan, who has a very great story and journey to share about her career. Getting a later start in golf and she worked her way, a lot of persistence, perseverance, hard work to become a better golf player, not only on the course but off the course too, and learning and applying a lot of life lessons that she has learned through golf. Brittany graduated from Kamehameha Schools in 2013. And she since then went to have a very successful career collegiately at the Division I level at University of Colorado at Boulder. And now she is navigating her way to earn her tour card to play on the LPGA Tour. And she has a lot of great stories, great messages and advice for anybody, not only in the world of golf, but any young athlete that's looking to pursue their passion and improve at whatever their sport and activity is. Without saying anything more, let's jump into this episode and be sure to listen to Brittany's story and all of the great messages that she has to share with us. Welcome back everyone to the H&L Movement Podcast. A very exciting episode today and we have a very good guest, Brittany Fan, to join us for the podcast. And this is something that I really want to talk about because I like to golf. So we're going to hear a lot of things that she's been through and her journey, but thank you so much for joining me, Brittany. No problem. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to uh, 
start talking. Yes, yeah. and thank you so much out of your busy schedule to come down. <laughs> and you are traveling all over the place, so I'm glad that we got to coordinate this. I time. know, finally. <laughs> yes. After rescheduling a couple times, right? <laughs> yes, but it's good. We're here now. Yes. So let's dive into. Let's just start off with your story. So from childhood. You know what kinds of sports and activities that you like to do, and how did you find golf? Let's okay. start there. Yeah, so、um, I started golf at the age of twelve, but before that, I was you know completely opposite. I was doing singing, dancing. I wanted to go try it for Disney Channel. That's kind of the track that I was heading towards. And cool fact on the side: Bruno Mars's uncle was my vocal instructor. Wow. They look the same. They sing pretty similar, so that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. You know, this is before he kind of got famous and blew up.、Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's what happened. And then so basically, I went with my dad to go pick up my brother from practice,、okay. and I was just fooling around on the driving range, you know, just swinging a club. And his coach walks over one day, and he gives me a couple pointers. And all of a sudden, you know, I start hitting a couple more balls, and it's like, whoa. Not only am I just, you know, dinking the ball. Now I'm like smashing it all the way down there and hitting it so solid. So I kind of was like, "Wow, that was that was pretty cool." And if you've ever seen, you know, like a child's eyes light up,、mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened.、Yeah. So I I kind of got hooked from there. And you know, as time went on, I would go and pick up my brother from practice a little more often. <laughs> and then eventually, I did go into his golf school because he ran a golf school and kind of got serious at the age of twelve. Got it. So is your is your family a big Golfing family, yes. So、uh, my brother golfs, my parents golf, but、um, my brother started, you know, at the normal age. They start between like six to eight years old. So he was already at that time、Got、starting、it. to golf competitively and really getting into it. And I would kind of just, you know, tag along and be like, "Can I drive the cart?" Or <laughs> got it, you know, just go and hang out. But never really swung much or took anything serious. Or did you ever golf on a course before then, like for、um, fun? I think I did. I can't quite remember、yes. because I really only remember getting into it at twelve. <laughs> Got it. If anything, it was more just sitting on the card and riding. <laughs> Got it. Okay, let's let's touch on this too. So you mentioned that you were doing like sing and dance, right? Yes. So、mm-hmm. when did you start doing dance, like dance classes or formal lessons? Um, it was only a couple years before I started golf. Maybe、okay. like nine, ten、okay. around that age. Got it. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because actually dancers. They're probably the most aware of movement, or they do the most like different types of movement and learn how to move and be mobile、right. and be strong at the same time. So, thinking back, I know this is a while ago, but、yeah. thinking back those <laughs> two three years of doing dance, do you think that helped you to actually take instructions for golf a little better? I don't think it hurt. Okay, I'm gonna be honest here and say so. I did、um, hip hop and jazz. Okay, I don't think I was the best in terms of like <laughs> coordinating the movement. I mean, it took me a little bit more effort, I think, compared to other people to、okay. kind of just get everything going in sync.、Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the end result was the same. It just took a little bit more.、Yeah. But I think for sure, yeah, it definitely、yeah. probably helped a little bit. Okay, that's that's、yeah. interesting to hear too. So you transitioned <laughs> to this. <laughs> yes, you transitioned into this. Now you're getting into golf. Right. Were you doing any other sports at the time? No.、Nope, no, that's just pretty、golf. much it. Yeah, I mean, I like to run at school、okay. for you know PE class, but I don't think that really counts. <laughs> Got it. So let's talk about you went to Kamehameha, right? You're、yes. a Kamehameha gra-、mm-hmm. graduate. When did you go to Kamehameha from? Elementary school or did no? You go so、later? I applied to get in in seventh grade. Okay. And then got in and. Went from there. So、yeah. this is all kind of happening at the same time. So right, seventh grade, probably that's around the same time that you started taking up golf. 
Yep, and seventh, eighth grade. Walk mm-hmm. me through that. So now you started to take lessons, right. right? And what was that process like as a beginner? Um, so you know, golf is one of those sports where when you watch it, it looks easy. until you actually try it, right? You're thinking, oh, the ball is sitting on the ground. It's stationary. It's not moving. And, you know, how hard can it be to hit the club and hit the ball and get it next to that target? It's it's pretty difficult. And I think you have to have patience. Mm -hmm. And you kind of go through the stages, you know, frustration and anger. And then you kind of go through the calm parts of it. But, I I mean, I enjoyed every process of it because I was more focused not on how much work I had left to do, but kind of just getting better every day. Uh And so it was kind of like a... A healthy obsession, yes. you could say. Yes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I kind of just focused on, you know, listening to the tips and advice from my coaches. This is what you need to work on. And I would just work so hard every day. And, mm-hmm. you know, eventually you just get better and better. And yes. yeah. <laughs> is there intermediate golf in ILH? Yes. There is. So okay. I did um, start out with that. Okay. So I started out with high school golf, and then there was also an HSJGA organization, which okay. is Hawaii State Golf. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would have a lot of tournaments on Oahu and the other islands. Got it. So that's how kind of how I started. And then as I got better and a little closer, you know, into high school and college, uh-huh. in order to get exposure to get into college mm-hmm. and get the scholarships and all that kind of stuff, you need to travel outside of Hawaii. And so from, you know, after that, that's when I started playing some bigger events out of the States. So that must have been exciting because you get to golf in all of these different environments, all of these different oh, yeah. courses. Not it's a only challenge Hawaii, too, it's you know, yes. um, uh, you have to calculate the altitude and the weather and all uh-huh. that was quite, quite a bit of a change. I mean, you're, you, you're born and raised here and it's perfect weather all the time. <laughs> the only thing you really get is maybe some rain and wind. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after traveling, you got to adjust to what about the dryness in Arizona or yes. what about when it's freezing in Colorado oh, or... Yes. What about, you know, just a bunch of different things like that? Yes. So, I mean, it just makes you stronger. Yes. And a little more knowledgeable. I really like your approach to golf, how you're just focusing on getting better every day. Because, right. like you said, I mean, there's so much that we're going to talk about with strength and conditioning and all of this. It's really, I mean, you just need to get better at doing certain swings certain situations um no matter what you're doing right because like for example there's only so many ways that you can hit your driver right but it's like how can you be consistent with that how can you actually practice to get the fine details tune up your swing be consistent and actually perform when all the pressure's on you right? right the same thing is with all other sports and just strength and conditioning it's like you're doing the same relative task but it's like how do i get better at this even at basic movements so that's what Mm -hmm. we're going to talk on to talk about too in a second before we get into that talk me through when did you start to realize that okay golf is getting a lot more serious and i'm actually going to have a chance to play at the next level at the collegiate level okay so mine was kind of like you know that day when i go back and I get the pointers from that coach, my brother's mm-hmm. coach mm-hmm. at that time. I was hooked immediately after that. And I think maybe about after a year of actually seriously trying to get better, I already knew I was like, I'm going to play professional golf. Got it. This is what I want to do. It's a lot of work, but I know this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like an immediate, I mean, you might be thinking, how can a kid at 13, you know, already make that decision and be committed to it? But I mean, that's kind of how it was for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that probably... <laughs> just honed in your vision to actually focus on what you're doing yes so what a lot of people don't hear or even you might not share with other people that don't know your journey right talk us through like even intermediate and high school 
what was your practice schedule like? What kind of sacrifices did you have to make? Right. How hard did you have to work to actually <laughs> pursue golf, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I already, you know, was a couple steps behind everybody because I started at 12. Mm-hmm. And a lot of golfers start between, again, like six to eight years old. And at that time, we had a lot of competitor, um, competitive golfers here in the islands, mm-hmm. and they were really good. You know, they were top amateur golfers, and, you know, they got even better as they got into college. But so I kind of went out, and I was like the newbie. Okay. I'm like, all right, let me... They're kind of just, they would kind of just look at me like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, you kind of suck, but everybody sucks when they start. <laughs> so basically it would be like, I'd wake up early in the morning. I do like a light workout. Okay. Then I would go to school. You don't finish school until maybe like two or three o'clock mm-hmm. from there. You go straight to practice, practice until sunset. And then I'd have a workout after that again. And then you go home, you eat dinner. By the time you shower and do your homework, it's already eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Uh-huh. And then, you know, by the time you're exhausted, it's like 11 o'clock and you just fall asleep and you just repeat that schedule every single day. And so when I started golf, I actually ended up going to a golf academy here. Okay. It was out at Koolau Golf Course. Okay. And so what you do is you you sign basically a contract and it's more of a contract just to, I guess, make you understand that you they want to make you understand the commitment and the sacrifice mm-hmm. that will be needed in order to attend this golf school. Mm-hmm. And so it was one for serious players. Um, so, I mean, I signed it easily. I was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. And it was basically six days a week. Okay. Um, I would take Sundays off, but I would still, you know, do something. So it. it wasn't really an off day, but I just remember having to work twice as hard just to catch up to everybody. Mm-hmm. That's not even to surpass them, but just to catch up. I guess because I was so passionate and I enjoyed it, it really didn't feel like too much of work. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know, excited to be out there and just have the opportunity to do that. Yes. But yeah, so this schedule, are you talking about in intermediate school or more in high school? When I started, Just right when you started. Then. Yeah. And then right this when I started carried out mm-hmm. all the way through your high school career. Did oh, you yeah. stay at that, that golf academy? Yes, I did. So okay. I stayed with that coach from 12 until 20, which was my sophomore year in college. Okay. And basically, um, so what I did in high school mm-hmm. is I was sitting in math class one day and I was staring out the window and I was like, man, I could be on the golf course right now. You know, like I, I was thinking about all the things I had left to work on and how I could get better. Mm-hmm. And then a light bulb kind of popped on and it was like, wait a second, you could be at the golf course. And like I was telling you before, my coach used to joke around with me and say like, ah, you could always go homeschool and whatever. So what I actually did is I went to the counselor uh-huh. and the board of directors and I kind of, you know, wrote a letter and kind of talked to them about the situation, you know, and they understood and they've had the situation happen before with previous athletes. You know, some people wanted to go into soccer, some people wanted to go in this. And so it's something that they've seen before. So basically what they did is we, uh, they wrote up a contract and I had a couple options. And the option that I did choose was to take off, you know, the last year and a half of high school, which is kind of a big deal because it's, first of all, it's not easy to get into Kamehameha Mm -hmm. and I still wanted to get a diploma from there. Right. Um, so basically take the last year and a half off, but I would forego, you know, prom, walking, commencement, song contest, which again is also a big deal. Mm-hmm. But that's the option that I chose. And that allowed me to basically, I mean, I was at the course from seven to seven or Got 10 it. to seven and, you know, training included in that. Got it. So, I mean, for me, it was just, especially when you start out with golf, mm-hmm. a lot of it is 
time. You need to get the reps in. You need to get the muscle memory in. And that's just, you know, to set your foundation. Mm -hmm. When you get better, okay, now you can practice a little bit less, but you practice more efficiently and smarter and more detailed. But in the beginning, that's kind of what I needed to do in order to get the reps in. Yes. Yeah. There's so many things that we can elaborate (laughs) on there. I mean, even I think the key things that I want to emphasize here is that I like how you said that you had to put in all this work just to catch up. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's what you perceived, right? Yes. But that's the fact is that what everyone sees, like all the success that people get, they weren't like that when they started. It doesn't just happen overnight. Like, yeah, you might have some <laughs> physical gifts and more natural, you know, pick right. up things faster. But you still have to put in the work, right? Yes. So I think that's where a lot of people might want to kind of skip all of that work, right? And they only want the result. But they're not willing to do all of the things in the beginning. And I'm glad that right. you, you realize that I have to put in all this work just to, you know, kind of get up where I would have been maybe if I started earlier, mm-hmm. right? And I like how you mentioned that you know, everyone, especially when it comes to golf, everyone's going to suck in the beginning. Like, I don't care who you are, even if you're meant to be the number one golfer in the world, you probably sucked in the beginning, right? Yeah. So that's something to encourage people to kind of push through that. And you got to just put in the work to actually get better and improve. Right. The other thing is that you kind of mentioned that, okay, now you're shifting your focus and everything's kind of lining up with golf. Yes. So I do want to ask you about that. So this was, I mean, if you think about it, it was only probably like four maybe five years in before you homeschooled right since the start of your journey yeah yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you're still relatively new right. in the world of golf oh, but yeah. now it's like okay i'm gonna spend even more time like how you said 7 a.m to 7 p.m on the right. course pretty much <laughs> so during that year and a half i'm guessing it's the end of your junior year and your senior year yes how did your either your mindset or what you did to prepare for golf or how you practiced how did that shift besides just dedicating more time right was there a shift in the way that you approached training in the game of golf yeah so um what i did is i actually sat down with my coach at that time and what we would do is we'd come up with a schedule So we'd be like, okay, from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., we're working on pitching distances, you know, 50 to 100 yards, and we're going to hit this many balls. And then, you know, the next hour, it's like, okay, now we're going to work specifically on drivers. You're going to hit 100 drivers at this target. We're going to count how many are in the target and how many miss. And then, okay, you got a one-hour lunch break, and then here we're going to go on the course and play nine holes. This is your goal to shoot this score better. So, I mean, it started to get a little more specific. Um, Obviously, I got more reps in, and I could tell because my game was getting sharper. I started to perform at a higher level. And it also allowed me to travel to tournaments on the mainland. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, you know, with school, you can only miss a certain amount of time. And so I definitely saw myself progressing pretty fast. (laughs) Well, that, I mean, that's good to hear. And with all that dedicated time. So let's talk about when you started to, you know, homeschool and get more into golf training. Right. Well, one, I want to ask you, what was, did you do strength and conditioning or like formal exercise to complement golf throughout high school? Yes. So the golf school that I did go to, it included workouts. So we would have um, a yoga class once a week. And then we would basically have kind of like a full body, almost like a HIIT workout once a week also. And then in between that, we would do heavy cardio and light lifting. Okay. Which at the time, you know, now that I'm a little more knowledgeable, obviously I know that it takes a little bit more than that. Uh And 
Um, but at that time, that was good for us. And we'd also try to throw in once a day, you know, like a fun workout. So, got you know, it. instead of working, working out, how about we play a fun game of basketball or we go on a hike or something? Got it. So, I mean, the golf school included the workouts plus the training. That's really good that you got exposed to that as yes. a high school athlete. Yes. Because, I mean, it's pretty common nowadays for high school athletes to be so immersed in their sport that they don't even have they're not even introduced to strength and conditioning right so it's good that it was very comprehensive and they showed you these different things was strength and conditioning always something that you enjoyed doing or was it something that you had to grow into i kind of liked it okay I mean, I've always been inspired by the grind. Mm-hmm. Even now, you know, I love to follow, for example, I've, you know, I've gotten a new appreciation for football players uh-huh. because I, you know, I know a couple um, ex-NFL players and then a couple people that did play collegiate football mm-hmm. and they were telling me like how hard the workouts were. And I started to realize and I was like, you know what? There are days when you just don't feel like it, but you still have to give 100% in the gym. And I'm like, you know what? These guys are pushing themselves 100% every time in the gym. Like, I admire that. That's what I like to see. I like to see the grind. I like to see the grit. I want to see them suffering because to me, that's inspiring. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but I kind of grew up in that atmosphere when I started at that golf school because the coach there was very good when it came to discipline. And I guess what we would do is we would listen to almost these motivational videos. Okay hours every single day to the point where i could almost you know say every line in every video (laughs) and i think that was almost like an unconscious you know just adding to the to the fire Mm -hmm. um so i enjoyed it i really liked it because i always thought you know when i started working i was like mind over matter brit so every time i would be in a workout and it was hard that's what i would tell myself and you know obviously sometimes i would think like okay brit you've got to do one more rep to beat your competition you want to win the tournament just do it yeah so i mean i would kind of think about things like like that (laughs) i like how you pull from different cultures or different sport cultures too because there's a lot of overlap that you're not going to take everything right but there's certain things that you can add to your even if it's your mindset or your perspective on working out and that will help you tremendously in the long term so i like how you said that even things like you know having these motivational quotes or videos or things Mm -hmm. to just get you in the right mind frame to actually push through the workout no matter what the day is if it's a good or bad day just having ways to get that little extra and that that push in the workout that you do it translates into your sport yes you know um so yeah whether you know it or not yes (laughs) it definitely helps yeah that's definitely true and those little things i always say it's a little bit more that it adds up over time right it's not like just doing a little bit more one day it's doing a little bit more every day Mm -hmm. within a healthy balance of course now let's talk about okay so you've been exposed to strength and conditioning right That, that is really interesting i mean i'm glad that they do that for younger athletes and now obviously you learn through your career you learn and grow talk about the recruiting process and transitioning into collegiate golf okay yeah was this something that you knew that you were did you commit early what was the process like so i mean ncaa has a lot of rules first of all Uh so i think it's something like you can't even talk until halfway through your junior year and then you can't actually see them until maybe your senior year and start to take visits, something like that. It might have changed again. But <laughs> um, so what I did is I would go to these tournaments. And obviously, as I got better, I got into really big tournaments. You know, it would be like the Callaway Junior World or PGA Championship, you know, um, big tournaments like that. Mm-hmm. And so the bigger tournaments would attract um, a lot of coaches. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got my exposure. And I remember after playing at some of these events and finishing pretty well, um, I would just have like a line of coaches standing there, okay. which I, you know, I was so fortunate. I was blessed. Yeah. I was like, you know, this is 
this is exactly what I worked for, you know, uh-huh. to have the opportunity to get a scholarship full ride mm-hmm. to play at a collegiate division one school. And so basically, you know, I kind of narrowed it down. I was like, all right, I don't really want to go to any East Coast schools. And for me, that was just because, one, the weather is a little extreme, Uh in my opinion. And I felt a little homesick, honestly. So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep it Central and West. Uh And when I narrowed it down, um, I ended up choosing Colorado. And I did my research on the team and kind of how they were doing and, of course, on the coaches. I wanted to know what their experience was, mm-hmm. you know, did they play professionally and also get to know them as a person. Cause I think that's really important. Yes. I've heard a lot of, I mean, when I, when I did go on my visit, I would always ask the players, you know, like, how are the coaches? How's the team? How's the vibe? How do you guys work? Mm-hmm. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And I chose Colorado uh-huh. coaches had a great background. And when I did eventually go there, I mean, awesome experience. Yes. So, I mean, as a high school kid, mm-hmm. You have to travel out in order to get exposure. And I remember being very nervous because, you know, you don't really have a guide that tells you, you know, what do college coaches look for? Because every every college coach is different. Yeah, performance is one thing. But I've, you know, after going to college and talking to the coaches, they look for more than just how you perform. They're looking at who you are as a person, how you respond to failure, how you basically are bounce back ability and all these other things that, you know, at the time in high school, you would have never even thought about. Yes. Um, but I do remember, you know, seeing all the coaches and getting really nervous. And <laughs> I, that's just human. You uh-huh. know, that's normal. But mm-hmm. you kind of just have to ignore it and uh, just be yourself and go play. That's a great <laughs> message for all of the athletes. You know, golf or even a different sport is to take into consideration all of these other things. Because right. it's kind of the fit, right? Mm-hmm. Your journey and everything is going to be molded by the environment and everyone around you too. And you want to make it as positive a, of an experience as possible. Right. And also be able to perform at your best. Mm-hmm. When did you actually commit? So was it like your senior year that you made the decision? Yes. Yes, yes it was my senior year. And <laughs> what were some of the other schools that you were interested in? Or what were some of the other things that... I guess you were looking for when you actually committed to Colorado? So um, I was looking at a bunch of different ones. I mean, it went all the way from Oregon to USF to ASU to Oklahoma to... It was kind of spread out. I mean, I was very fortunate that I had options. Um, But one of the biggest things that I noticed when I did take visits to, you know, different schools, Mm -hmm. they had a lot of similar, you know, they all offer great facilities, Mm -hmm. great education. So what it really came down to for me, again, was, you know, 70% coaches, 30% team. Got it. It's normal for colleges to kind of go up and down in terms of like rankings and waves. And that's just when, you know, kids graduate and Mm -hmm. they bring in new people. That's kind of normal. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess I was really looking for coaches that I thought would help me get to the next level and just where I could be in an environment that could take me to the next level. It's not necessarily a lot of kids are. And this is how I was, too. I was so obsessed. I remember in high school. Mm -hmm. Maybe eighth or ninth grade, I was like, I'm going to go to Stanford. I'm going to play golf at Stanford because it's such a well-known school and it's like one of the top Ivy Leagues, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, as I got older, I realized it's not about the name of the school. Yeah. You need to pick a school based on where you, what fits you the best and where you can flourish. Yes. And for me, that was Colorado. I'm glad that you mentioned <laughs> that because that is something that, I mean, a lot of my younger athletes too, that's going through the recruiting process, you know, if they have questions, then sharing some of the wisdom. But I'm, I truly believe that wherever you are, mm-hmm. that's the best fit. You can flourish and reach your true potential. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be at the biggest name school or the best program. 
I mean, yes, yeah. if you get there and that's your fit, then great. Yep. But that's not the fit for everybody. Exactly. That's why there's only so many people on that that's team. That's why you don't see everyone who goes to like this school come out and they're amazing. Yes. Because maybe they just chose a school based off of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, like I'll yes. go here. It's a, it's a big name. Okay, let's go here. Yes. That's that's not how it works if you want to, you know, yes. get better. Yeah. And I'm glad that you also mentioned, okay, so you picked the school because you wanted to play professional golf. Yes. So that was one of the big factors. It wasn't just like, I'm going to go to school, play golf, and then we'll see what happens. It was like, I want to find the best environment that helps me to get better yep. so mm-hmm. that I can actually play at the yep. next level. So when you got to Colorado, yes, let's talk about that. <laughs> Everyone, there's a transition. No matter what sport oh, yeah. you are, there's definitely a transition with the level of play, all of these other I guess media now and everything else that you Mm -hmm. have to deal with that is not as amplified in high school so let's talk about that transition was it something that it was seamless for you or was there some big obstacles share a little bit about that I think I transitioned relatively well and I think part of that is obviously you know you have the team when you go to somewhere new and you don't know anyone that makes it a little harder but I guess knowing the team and having the coaches and meeting, you know, the athletic director, your academic advisor, all those people. I mean, they're part of your team there to help you. So I think just having that kind of made the transition a little bit easier. And yes, I get the question a lot, you know, Hawaii to Colorado. Woo, big weather change. You know, after growing up here and not having snow, I was so excited to see snow. You know, the first time it snowed in Colorado. I've seen snow before on a couple like family vacation trips, but... I mean, I would be the first one to text everyone, hey, let's go outside and play. So I kind of just enjoyed every part of it, the fall, the winter, the summer, you know, everything that went along with it. It is a lot of time management. I will mm-hmm. say the first couple of weeks were pretty stressful mm-hmm. and they tell you it's going to be stressful. But again, you don't actually know that it's stressful until you're in it. Yes. It's just a lot of, you know, adjusting and figuring out what your classes are. Mm-hmm. How do I get to practice? What kind of, you know, how does the team work? Where's the dynamic and all that? But I think I adapted fairly well. Fairly well. Yeah. Part of that too might have been your schedule management, time management, you know, your senior year. Because oh, yeah. you were being homeschooled, you had to still figure out how to get all of the classroom right. and the studies done and be on the golf course as yeah. well. And you also mentioned that did you go up to Colorado earlier? Yes. Okay. So when did you go up to Colorado? I believe it was my senior year. So I actually the, visited Colorado like two times, I think. Because I wanted to be sure. And then got that it. last time that I went is when I signed the NLI. Got it. And did you stay up there like for the spring of your senior year? Are you talking about like after college or in high school? Or in high school. In high school, they have a limit where you can only visit. I think it was like two or three oh, okay. days at okay. a time for your official visit. Got it. Um, Got it. So, so at least you, you were kind of acclimated or you were exposed to the environment and everything. Right. I got to see all the practice facilities and kind of, you know, go to a football game and see kind of like mm-hmm. the culture, check out the campus and yes. all that. You know, you have dinner with the team and just meet everybody. So you could kind of get a vibe for yes. how the school and everybody is yeah. yes well that that must have been an exciting time yeah and you mentioned winters and definitely winters are well unfortunately i've had to experience colorado winters and michigan <laughs> winters and i'm not a fan of both when you live there it's good for vacation how was it like after the first initial year was it something that you still really liked the seasons oh or was yeah it something that okay, absolutely that's i mean they called it bipolar boulder for a reason yes. so it could be you know 41 day yes. 70 the next day yes. and colorado to me wasn't as cold as i thought it was going to be you know like 55 degrees and yeah. sunny you're in shorts it's and a t-shirt mm-hmm. yeah, yeah completely fine and i i enjoy cold weather 
So maybe that made it a little bit better. <laughs> that definitely makes it more yeah. bearable. And we're getting on a tangent here, but since you mentioned how bipolar the weather is, mm-hmm. so as we were, as I mentioned to you, I went to Colorado Boulder my freshman year. Yes, and then I came back to came back to Hawaii UH. But I will never forget this because I was like so ready to come home. I was like, okay, it was a good experience, <laughs> but I'm ready to come home. The week that I was coming home, so I think it was the last week of April or first week of May. It was like 50s, no like no rain. It was just sunny, nice weather. I went to sleep. I woke up the next next morning, <laughs> and there was a foot of snow. And this was the week that I was going home. I was like, I need to get out of here. Like a foot of snow in May. See, I'm thinking, I would have been the opposite. I would have been like, let's on. go outside and play. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to go home, go to the beach, get yeah. in the warm weather. But it is so bipolar. So mm-hmm. that's what I want to talk about next. Is you said. And I've seen some of the facilities at Colorado. The facilities are state of the art. It's right. the best facilities. I mean, it's a big time conference, big time program. And let's talk about the facilities and how you trained because you said you had indoor facilities. You mm-hmm. had a lot of places to go around the local area too. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's what people don't realize, I guess, is that golf, it's year round, like yes. you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And how do you practice when it's a foot two feet of snow outside right right? so so um with our school i mean we had about eight different courses in colorado that we Mm -hmm. could go to and change it up so we weren't always you know getting complacent and just practicing on one layout Uh um so that was great and then when it did get cold we had an indoor facility um so my first two years there was one about 20 to 25 minutes away at our home course colorado national golf course and there's indoor basically heated hitting bays so that's what we would hit out of indoor chipping green and a putting green and when i was there for my junior and senior year they built one on campus so you no longer had to drive so that included you know again an indoor putting green a simulator and kind of like a chill out relaxed area if you wanted to go and stop off in between classes um so i mean the facilities were there you just take advantage of it and use it yeah (laughs) so that's crazy how much facilities you know what you had access to oh yeah that that makes it uh it makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. and how you can actually get better and improve too right let's talk a little bit about what the schedule was like in college because i'm pretty sure you were used to that type of volume of training strength and conditioning so did that was it a big difference from what you were doing as a senior in high school to college oh yeah okay talk about that a little bit. so when i adjusted or when i changed to homeschooling you know i had the whole day to practice so you know, I never really worried about, oh, did I practice enough? Did I not have time to work on this? But when you go to college, you are a student athlete. So you now have classes, you now have homework, you now have, you know, outside team meetings, media things that you need to do. So you really only ended up with three to four hours a day. And then obviously on the weekends, you know, as long as you want. But the biggest change is I had to learn how to do productive and efficient practice which is a huge change um, because I guess that's not really a concept that I was familiar with, mm-hmm. you know, in high school. It was kind of just like beat ball after ball after ball. And yeah, you were specific to the point, but in college you get even more specific. Mm-hmm. So in that three hours, can you be just as productive as you would in six hours? And you absolutely can. And so that's something that I learned, especially towards, you know, my junior and senior year. And that's something the coaches emphasize too, because I mean, just because you stay at the golf course for eight hours and I stay at three hours, you know, I can actually do more work than you. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's a hard concept to grasp and actually do, but it makes a big difference. 
That is, that's huge with anything, right? Yeah. Efficiency, mm-hmm. not only efficiency in the actual task, but efficiency in how you're going to train. Right. Because I think, and I'm glad that you're mentioning this because for me, unfortunately, I see that the higher levels that you go up in sports, then the more efficient your training gets. Right. Right. And unfortunately, if you're never exposed to that, the layperson just thinks, oh, I just got to do more, do more, do more. Yeah, just more reps, more but hours. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I guess, fortunately, I got to see like NFL level, collegiate level. The way that you practice and the efficiency of how you train is way different. Oh, you know, yeah. Like at the NFL level, when you're banging into trucks pretty much every week, right? Your body's taking a beating. You don't need to be in the weight room doing three hour workouts every day. Like, yeah. You need to focus more on recovery, other things that will help you to be ready for the next week. Mm-hmm. Same thing for golf, too. If you only have three hours, are you just going to do mindless drills and, you know, practice? Or are right. you actually going to hone in on what you specifically need to do? Right. So mm-hmm. for all of the athletes, don't get me wrong. I think in the beginning, you need to experience the grind. Yep. Going through all of those, you know, just reps after reps to learn. But as you get better and better, you're going to start to hone in a little bit more, be specific with mm-hmm. what you need to work on. Yep. So let's That's talk exactly about right. <laughs> that a little bit. If you were to look at like, let's say the later years in high school, okay. right? And mm-hmm. then your four years at Colorado. What kind of changed with how you approached practice or what were you working on how did your game elevate and evolve to where it was in college right so I do remember um, after transitioning from my senior year in high school to my freshman year Mm -hmm. I would sometimes get a little bit bent out of shape only because in high school I had a very structured you know there wasn't a lot of like change I wouldn't have to you know I wouldn't be at practice in the middle of the day and then be like oh I have a meeting that I need to go to last minute whereas in college you need to be flexible and you need to be able to adjust and change your schedule and just make it work without getting flustered and so that's something that I learned freshman year and then you know as I got into my junior and senior year Mm -hmm. that was so easy for me to do got it you know with ease and it's just you you just learn to make the most of your time and (laughs) (laughs) yes and yeah (laughs) yeah and that's that's a good message too because everyone on your team right they all have the same amount of time same right. commitment similar training schedules and all of that so it's who's going to make the most of it yeah right? and who's going to actually get better now from your freshman year to your senior year how much did your game actually evolve and improve at colorado quite a bit okay so when we started playing i mean colorado's in the pac-12 mm-hmm. which is one of the competitive conferences mm-hmm. and if you want to get better you got to play with the best that's what they would say so i remember um you know, at the end of my freshman year, I would see people getting these awards, like, what is All-American? What is Honorable Mention? What are all these things? And I remember them getting awards at the end of the year, and I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> that. That was one of my goals that I said mm-hmm. by the time, you know, I got into my senior year. I was like, I'm going to get All-American. I'm going to do it. Yes. And, you know, obviously increase your ranking because you could get into bigger tournaments like the Arnold Palmer Invitational or mm-hmm. recently, I mean, this happened after I graduated, but now they have that Augusta tournament, right? Oh, For yeah. the top mm-hmm. amateurs. Mm-hmm. If they had that when I was there, I could have been playing, but oh, well, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I think I didn't really start to piece everything together until my junior year. I think freshman and sophomore, it was decent and I was still kind of like figuring everything out. And so I started to work with the college coaches. One of the things that I struggled with is I was still working with my coach back in Hawaii mm-hmm. and with the college coaches. So sometimes I would have, you know, kind of two 
people. We're all trying to get to the same goal, but we have different ways of getting mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And so as a player, at times I got a little confused and I'm like, oh, like who should I, which one should I follow more and that kind of thing. And then so eventually sophomore year, when I decided to, you know, say to my coach here, like, this is getting a little too difficult. I think it's time to move on. You know, thank you very much for everything that you've done. And then I focused on working with just my Colorado coaches. Mm-hmm. I think then my game started to get sharper. And what we did is we kind of identified where am I losing strokes? Mm-hmm. What part of your game, if you were to look at the last couple tournaments, what is the consistent pattern that you keep seeing? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we started to work on my wedge game. That was one of the areas that we improved yes. on. A hundred yards and in. And I kind of think to myself now, I'm like, dang, why didn't I do that as a junior golfer? That would have saved me so many strokes. Um, but I got real precise in that mm-hmm. and it started saving me strokes. And then we started working on, you know, some of my normal tendencies, which would be to compress the ball instead of scoop it. Mm-hmm. And it was just doing the right drills. And again, quality, not quantity yes. drills. And I think just the ability to change and adapt to different courses so what we would do is we'd fly to a tournament two days before and then we'd get one practice round and then we would play the next day so in that one practice round you have to be able to learn the course adjust to the grass adjust to the altitude and all that kind of things all those things and i think that made me a little bit quicker in adapting and just makes you sharper yeah and so that's one of the biggest differences um yes with high school and college that's crazy because and that's the thing with anything, right? right? Is that there's so many things that you can improve on. And I think golf is kind of the perfect like microcosm of just life because you'll never ever master it, but there's <laughs> always ways that you can get better at it. Yeah. So I think when you started to get a little bit more focused with the coaching, meaning that, I mean, both coaches were probably high quality coaches, right? Right. But just like with training too, there's different ways to achieve the same result. So you mm-hmm. want to have that consistency with the instruction, with what you're practicing, how you're training for for golf, or how, how you're training just for your sport in general, and make sure that, you know, it's not conflicting information. Right. So I think once you started to just listen to one side and the, the coaches that were seeing you play, you know, consistently throughout the year too, I think that probably yeah. helped a lot. Now, on that note, talk about the schedule of traveling what it's like to actually because if you're on the road i don't think many athletes understand how difficult it is to just adjust to different not only environments but even the wear and tear on your body the wear and tear on your body the time change and all that time change yeah (laughs) just one to two hour difference in time change too and you're doing that almost weekly right that's a huge toll on your body and people don't realize that but talk about all of that that experience in college like traveling all over yeah and being able to perform consistently i mean thankful that we had like a chiropractor and a nutritionist and all these other people helping on that side mm-hmm. and trainer when we got injured so that was always there the support that we needed and you know in addition to traveling we also have school stress mm-hmm. so it'd be like oh no i have to take this exam on the road or yes. oh crap i have to take this exam when i get back and i didn't study yet mm-hmm. or i didn't finish my homework because i was on the course mm-hmm. playing um I think it's just something that you get used to and you kind of just learn again time management Mm -hmm. what is important what comes first and and everyone's different you know in terms of how they manage their time but for me I thought I just managed it well there were times though when I remember getting back from trips and I would be we get back at 11 o'clock at night and it's like oh you've got 8 a.m class tomorrow I would be so tired I mean at that point but I mean it's just you just keep going 
You just figure out how to get it done. You just do it. Yes. Yep. If you need a little bit of caffeine, that's fine. Go yes. get your coffee and get it going. But I mean, you yeah. just, you can't, failure and giving up isn't really an option. Yes. So, I mean, you just find a way. I think that's been <laughs> instilled in you all throughout childhood and yeah. you know, all the training and everything that you're doing too. Let's talk briefly before we get into your pro career and what you're doing now. What was your major at Colorado? I did advertising and business. Got it. And was that... Do you think that was an added challenge uh, to your golf schedule um, I think, more so than normal? So what? before I chose my major, for sure, uh-huh. I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, okay, Britt, first of all, you don't want to kill yourself <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with all these classes and you know you're going to be missing class, but you also want to make sure you're doing something that you're interested in and that yeah. you know can actually help you maybe after golf or even with golf. Uh-huh. So I thought, what better pairing than advertising, marketing, business to kind yes. of learn how to market myself, Yes, per se. It was yeah. challenging, but it wasn't like, you know, engineering challenging, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, that's kind of how I chose that. That's really huge, especially in your business and your profession, like being able to market yourself and, you know, create a good brand around what you represent. Right. And I definitely think you do do that. We haven't, so to be completely honest, this is the first time that we've actually sat down and talked face to face. Right. But it's kind of ironic because, well, every guest interview, there's a lot of things that I can relate to. But I feel like there's <laughs> ironically or like uncannily a lot of things that uh, we can relate to together. Because so those of you that know me before I was an athletic trainer, I actually majored. My undergrad is in business marketing. So that's why, again, it was like a major that I thought, oh, this will be versatile. Right. But then kind of similar to you right it was a degree that you're definitely proud of you worked hard with but now you're applying it to a different means mm-hmm. applying it to your professional career right so that's something that for all of the student athletes out there definitely pick something that you're interested in but something that you can apply to whatever you're going right. to do even if it's not in the same field because you wouldn't say like being an actual player on the professional tour yeah is going to be marketing but in a in a sense you'll use a lot of the lessons that you've learned through your education to apply it to your career Mm -hmm. now let's get into your professional career so (laughs) unfortunately you had a rough start because of covid right where things were not normal (laughs) for the past year but let's talk about this transition now after you graduated from colorado briefly mentioned to some of the accolades you definitely had a very good career at Colorado. So let's start there first. Okay. So um, everything kind of started clicking my senior year. And the second half of my junior year into my senior year, I only started focusing on the mental aspect of the game then. Before that, I never really trained anything mental. And golf is, you know, after you get to a certain level, it's, if not all mental, you know, 90% mental. And I still am working on it today because I'm, not 100% and I'm not exactly where I want to be yet mm-hmm. in that aspect but I really started focusing on that my junior into senior year and I think that helped so it was crazy because I actually went to a program called Vision 54 okay uh, my junior year and I had a rough first semester and you know I was getting frustrated I was getting burnt out I was like you know am I I just started questioning everything I was uh-huh. like is this what I want to do mm-hmm. And so what I did is I actually went to one of their camps, which was a week long. I flew out to Arizona and did it. And I remember everything that I learned, I just I just felt very refreshed and I reapplied it. And I know that when I came back for the following semester in the spring, the coaches, they didn't say anything to me until after the spring season, but they kind of pulled me to the side and they were like, something, 
something's different about you. You uh, not only did your game start to get better, but like the way you carry yourself, the way you just just something was different. They noticed it, and I just I, I didn't really tell them that I did anything over the break because I was like, I mean, I didn't think it was important to say anything right I mean it was just I went to a camp and all that but actually I did tell them you know that I went there and what I learned and that kind of thing uh-huh. and then I ended up going again in my senior year just to you know it's always good to refresh uh-huh. um, and I think that mental aspect yeah. is kind of what made everything click together and so senior year started playing great um, we went to regionals all four years that I was there I played every single event in college which is pretty cool yes and uh, we ended up making it to nationals my senior year. Mm-hmm. And so that was a cool experience because I think that was only the second time in school history that wow. they've made it to nationals. Uh-huh. And uh, I just remember walking into regionals, which is where you qualify. Mm-hmm. We, the year before that, we missed nationals by stroke. Okay. And the year before that, we missed nationals by stroke. Wow. So we were kind of like, you know, the one-shot wonder team. It's always by stroke. Mm-hmm. So I think going to senior year, um, at least when I was there, I felt like I kind of... Being the senior, I mean, we don't really have an official team captain or anything like that, but being the only senior, and I think I kind of cultivated like a healthy, competitive kind of environment for the uh-huh. team where I was always like pushing people and telling them, no, you can get better. And I'm like, do you guys want to go to nationals? This uh-huh. is what we have to do together, that kind of thing. And I think everyone just kind of thrived off of each other. And yeah. that's, we played great at regionals, made it to nationals. and. Wow. Uh, me and one other girl on the team, we got All-American Honorable Mention. Yes. So I reached that goal of <laughs> yes. All-American, and I was like, yes, finally. <laughs> yes. But that felt so good to yes. finally get. I mean, congrats and on all of that thank success. You. <laughs> and I like how you elevated your team, too, you know, because that's something that I'm very familiar with, is that you can create an environment that everyone elevates each other. Right. Or you can create an environment that it's kind of a negative atmosphere where you're competing with each other, your teammates in a negative way, which right. is not what you want. Right? And I think it's almost like an unwritten responsibility for the upperclassmen mm-hmm. to do. I mean, the coaches, yes, they're always there, they're always pushing, but I think it's a little different to your for your teammates mm-hmm. when it's coming from another player. Mm-hmm. You know, it's someone who's with you at practice, someone who understands the workouts yes. and the grind and all that kind of stuff. But they're with you, they're suffering. <laughs> so I think maybe they just kind of absorb it a little better, yes. maybe. Yes. But yeah, I thought we had a great atmosphere, great environment senior year. That is awesome and, to hear. Yeah. And just to get those experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And not only in golf, but just in life. Right. So now after you graduated from Colorado, talk about this transition into you know, playing professionally, what it's been like. Has anything changed with your approach to golf or, cha- or oh, training? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. For sure. So I'm obviously, you know, more knowledgeable in, ter- in terms of working out mm-hmm. and traveling. What I would hear constantly before I graduated and turned pro was, you know, you, you got to be prepared for It's going to be lonely. It's going to be a lot of traveling. It's going to be lonely. And, you know, I've seen, I would watch girls who did amazing in junior golf in college mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they turn pro and it's like, whoa, what happened? And I would always think to myself, I'm like, what, what changed? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not there right now, but Mm I would just, I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't really understand it until I got into it. So what I did is after graduation, I moved out to Arizona Mm -hmm. and one, there's a lot of golfers there, lots of golf courses. It's always sunny Mm -hmm. and it's easy to travel from. Mm -hmm. So that's the main reason why I chose Arizona. Mm -hmm. I think it was a little bit of a transition because I just went from, in high school having all the time in the world to college to not having that much time and now I'm back to all the time in the world um then I think 
also finding people to practice with sometimes because I would practice a lot by myself <laughs> and sometimes you get a little complacent when you practice by yourself and you need competition or f- or games or you need to play against someone mm-hmm. to kind of just whether it be once or twice a week to kind of just keep that competitiveness yeah. and always getting better you know yes. happening I think my first year so I, I turned pro I played a couple tournaments and then I went to qualifying school which is how you get you know your tour card and your status and all that mm-hmm. something changed mentally and I mean I know what it is now that I've had time to sit back and reflect on it I put way too much pressure on myself mm-hmm. something changed from college into professional in that okay obviously you're playing for your living now yes but that's not something you can think about when you're playing mm-hmm. but for me you know, that's kind of the mindset that I had. Um, I, I, I would play a bad round or a bad tournament or have a bad qualifying school and I would think it would be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And that is not the way to go about it. And so I think, you know, that's part of maturing and learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that too. You're All of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm not in college anymore. Like, this is big time. Like, I got to do well. But it's just golf. When it comes down to it, it's just golf. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to just play good golf. And that's something that I struggled with the first year. Mm-hmm. Um too much pressure on myself and then getting used to being lonely mm-hmm. and traveling and doing things on your own mm-hmm. in school everything's taken care of yes. you know everyone books your flights books your hotels you show up and you play golf that's what you do you've yeah. got a whole team of chiropractors and nutritionists and trainers and all that yeah. nothing and so after graduation you know i had to figure out okay who's going to be my team who do i like to work with and then of course you know traveling and booking everything yeah. <laughs> when you have um, to do all of these added responsibilities you yeah. don't realize how much like it takes away from your focus yeah yeah so that's that's true too and then now you have to find your team and you know do everything that's going to really help your game right right so i want to touch on real briefly because you mentioned it a few times and i'm completely with you i'm not a good golfer but (laughs) i understand the mental component yes so you mentioned that you know you've done things to kind of reflect on what you need to work on mentally how to become mentally either more focused or mental mentally stronger in your game of golf so what are some of the things that you've learned either from that camp or either even reflecting in these last couple of years? What are some of the things that you've learned that really helps you to just be mentally 100% for golf? Right. So if I look at, um, so this is my second year. If I look at the last two years, I've learned quite a bit uh-huh. in that th- there's a couple of things. One thing is first, um, I would find myself, usually when I play around a golf, I play the best when I am pretty calm emotionally Mm -hmm. you know just like a cool cucumber you have bad shots you're human it happens but I would notice that sometimes in in some events I would kind of go up and down in a wave and that is not good I mean I'd be so emotionally exhausted at the end of the round Mm -hmm. and I would find myself sometimes also getting frustrated and almost like I want to quit and you know just one of those days where it's just so hard and I think what I've come to realize is you need to enjoy the entirety of the sport you can't just be happy when you play well Mm -hmm. because i mean you're going to fail more than you actually win tournaments in this sport and i think you have to understand that it's going to be up there's going to be up and downs Mm -hmm. and as long as you love and you enjoy what you're doing you i mean enjoy everything yes no one's perfect i mean even tiger woods right (laughs) even though the amount that he wins and you know Mm -hmm. he's arguably the best player of all time he if you look at his stats he still only wins 20 30% maybe of the time and that's the best in the world Mm -hmm. so I think just taking a step back and not getting so mad at myself Mm -hmm. and frustrated and just enjoying the process and the entirety of everything is one big thing that I've learned a second thing is learning to be optimistic Mm 
And what I mean by that is like your rebound, bounce back ability. You know, you have to learn that one bad tournament, one bad round does not define you as a player or a person. It does not define how good you are. Mm -hmm. It does not define your game. And it just happens, you know? You have an off week. Nobody's perfect. You're human. (laughs) And I think that's a very hard thing to do. And just to look at any obstacle that comes your way, whether it be an injury or a bad golf shot, I think if you look at it rather than an obstacle and more of like an opportunity, okay, I hit my tee shot in the trees. So rather than get upset and all flustered after the shot, how about I look at it as, all right, Let's see how I'm going to get out of here and scramble and make par. Let's see what kind of shot I can do. What can I challenge and what kind of shape can I do, you know? And I think just looking at it with a more optimistic attitude Mm -hmm. makes a world of difference. And I'm not saying that I've perfected that. Like, I still struggle with that. That's definitely something that I'm still working on. And I'm thankful that I have, you know, my inner circle and my parents to kind of always remind me of these things. Yes. Let me just see. There's a couple other things that I had to pick up in the yeah. last couple of years. It's a lot. Uh-huh. I'm trying to squeeze, you know, two yeah, years into a couple of minutes. But um, those are some of the big things. And when it comes to training for golf, mm-hmm. golf is a little unique in that it's not a 60-minute, 90-minute game. Mm-hmm. This is a marathon. Yes. It is a four, three to four-day event plus your practice rounds, plus each round, plus, I mean, with warm-up time is, you know, you're looking from four to eight hours a day. And to keep yourself that mentally focused for that amount of time is pretty hard. Um, So I think the mental training that I do, it kind of just helps you to, uh, you know, (laughs) get a little bit better at that. (laughs) There's a lot of things that you said there that, you know, I'm glad... It's just part of your process, right? And right. I think every time that you find you hit adversity, an obstacle, or even a failure, it's an opportunity for you to grow. It's mm-hmm. an opportunity for you to get better, right? And a lot of that mindset perspective would determine how much growth do you get from that experience or did it really not teach you too much? So I really like yeah. what you're doing. And we all need to, I mean, no one's going to be perfect, like you said. I mean, even if you've been doing this for 10 20 30 years there's still opportunity for you to get better mentally physically so just continually trying to improve that right now i do want to ask real briefly because yeah part of the reason that it was so interesting to sit down and talk with you is because of the strength and conditioning component that you do and you incorporate (laughs) but before that was there any significant injuries or setbacks throughout your career um i sprayed my ankle in college okay thank god it was you know like in december so it was technically you know off season before spring Mm -hmm. season but um i was basically doing shuttle sprints in one of our workouts and maybe the shoe that i was wearing wasn't you know the you know the shoe that i should have been wearing and on that last 10 seconds of trying to reach the side for that sprint Uh my shoe kind of gave out and i just heard this loud crack and then all of a sudden i just see like white flashes (laughs) and i'm kind of just sitting there in shock and i'm like did this really just happen and i remember being in pain (laughs) so i had to go into like a cast and i was in a boot for a little bit but luckily the timing was perfect and it was um off season so yeah. i did i mean i was still putting with the boot on yeah if i couldn't hit i was gonna putt right i had yeah. to do something and i mean other than that i only really had wrist um injuries so okay. i did have to go to rehab for that but i've been fortunate and i'm pretty sure it's due to the fact that i do yoga and stretching yes. every yes. week if not you know every other day i think that's why i don't have a lot of back issues yes. and shoulder tightness and all that yes 
So I've been doing that since 12. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that just your overall fitness level is definitely helping you to stay healthy right. and stay on the course. So let's talk about that. Now, in college and what you do now, you don't have to go super in-depth, but what is your approach when it comes to strength and conditioning? Okay. And what are some of your big things that you have to include in your regimen to keep you not only healthy, but performing on the golf course? Right. Um, so golf is a unique sport in that it's not like, you know, soccer or football where you have to fit a certain body fat or this much muscle or whatever. Mm-hmm. You see everybody from A through Z mm-hmm. and it's what works best for you. For me, I like to incorporate golf specific exercises, um, which is a lot of like fast twitch, core power, lower body, that kind of thing mixed in with general athleticism mm-hmm. because I think you need both <laughs> yes. in my opinion. Um, but you also have to be careful in that what happened to me in college is I started focusing too much on the strength aspect to the point where I actually got stiff mm-hmm. and it did the opposite effect in my golf game. I started hitting it shorter. So I kind of had to back off on that. And that's something I learned, you know, after the fact, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I balanced golf specific general athletic, um, things and stretching, stretching. lots of stretching, yes. not only good for the body, but mentally to just take a minute mm-hmm. to meditate. If you can do like a yoga class or YouTube, a video, whatever it is, yes. it's pretty simple. Yes. That's what I pretty much do. So I work with the trainer two times a week on the golf specific strengthening and uh-huh. getting stronger, that kind of thing. And then I do like a full body hit workout once a week. And then the other days, you know, I do my own thing. Yes. But and it's that's pretty <laughs> definitely, I mean, it's helping you stay healthy. It's helping you perform yes. well on the course mm-hmm. too. So it's something that no matter what your activity is, again, you have to dedicate time to prepare your body or train your body to carry carry over your sport. Oh, to yeah. Your sport. So, and people think of golf as not the most athletic sport, which is a pretty normal response, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's, it's taken a little wo- longer to get into LPGA versus PGA, but you'll see... Mm-hmm. Working out is just a standard. Everybody's yeah. faster, stronger, mm-hmm. and you know, you just that's just part of it. It's no longer an advantage, it's a standard. It's a standard, yes. Oh, yeah. Especially when you all have the technical skill. Right. I like that too, is that you know, working out it's such an important component into your overall regimen. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's probably the public's perception is like, oh golf, you don't need to be that fit. Right. But no, you do need to be fit. Oh yeah. To generate that type of precision, torque, power, all of that. You have to be able to do that over and over. And right. I mean, just, I'm going to go off a tangent again. And I mentioned to you that I golfed last Friday for the first time. The first time I swung a club in two years. So it right. was going to be bad. <laughs> and me not even swinging the club. By that like 15th, 16th hole, I was like, not only my focus was gone. Yeah. But physically, I was like, man, my body is just like getting tired, tired from just not being able to swing you know whatever yeah in my case was probably like 90 times that <laughs> round but not being able to swing you know consistently so yeah the more that you mm-hmm. are in shape even cardio fitness right yep that's going to prevent you from getting so fatigued and it's going to roll over into your mental focus Absolutely. it's going to roll over into mm-hmm. confidence all of these other things so golf if you don't think it's an athletic sport i mean go try golf it's probably one of the <laughs> hardest sports i've played baseball growing up too golf is by far way harder than baseball because you actually have to be accurate and do certain things in various conditions you know so i that's my 100 percent that golf is harder than baseball but you can try it for yourself but i like that you shared all of this and i'm sure that we'll see a lot more of this in the future let's talk about what's your kind of immediate focus immediate goals and what do you have planned for the near future okay 
Yeah. Um, so I've been traveling quite a bit recently. Mm-hmm. I actually head out again on Friday. So I'm going to play a Colorado Women's Open event. Mm-hmm. And then from there, for the rest of the season, pretty much just Symmetra Tour events. And they range, you know, from Michigan to New York to, you know, just all over the place, typically yes. more of Central and East. Mm-hmm. Um, so my goal for that is... Obviously, if you finish in the top 10 on the money list at the end of the season, you get your full card for the following year for LPGA. But if that is not the case, then my goal is to finish in the top 30, which will allow me to go to the final stage of qualifying school. And from there, you can play to get your card. So they have the rankings, you know, top 10, top 30, top 80, and top 125. But the goal is obviously to get to top 30 for me personally for this season. And playing in these events gives me the opportunity to make cuts, make money, you know, possibly win one. Yes. And uh, just kind of go from there. And then for the mental aspect, I just read a great book called um, How Champions Think. Okay. And it's for sports and life. And I, you know, I had a seven hour plane ride on the way back here. So I'm like, I have time to read this. And I finished the whole book. You know, a lot of the stuff I've heard before, but it was also just a good refresher Mm -hmm. and a good reminder because sometimes you forget. And it kind of made me realize, you know, the amount of time that I've been doing this and the amount of reps, I have all the physical things that I need. So what I actually really need to prioritize for me personally Mm -hmm. is the mental aspect. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of discipline. And sometimes it's the, it sounds like the stupidest things, but it makes the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. So kind of what I've decided to do is every night before I go to sleep, whether it be a practice round or a tournament, I'm going to go through my round in my head, Mm -hmm. you know, actually close your eyes and visualize. And anytime I, you know, remember that I hit a bad shot, I'm going to erase it and replace it with a good shot. And then, you know, I've even, I've I've read some drills in the book where it would say like, what you could do is make a little reel of yourself, you know, making putts, hitting great shots and like whatever, like a 10 minute, five minute video and you watch it every day. And it just kind of like subconscious, unconsciously kind of, you know, makes you remember all the good shots that you hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, a couple other drills that I picked up from that camp that I learned. Um, So I think that is going to be my number one priority. That's going good. Into That's these really exciting, and that takes yeah. men- that takes practice too to develop yes. these mental skills. And the more that you practice it consistently, it will definitely pay off in the reality and the physical right. skill as well. So I will definitely put that book in the show notes. I will probably read it. I learn yeah. tons from every athlete, but the mental aspect that is huge for whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. whether you're a professional athlete or you're just someone that's just looking to, you know, instill some healthier habits or strength and conditioning routines then try to approach it from that mental side too because Mm -hmm. that will fully make it either a very good workout where you feel good about it or it could just be something that you're going through the motions again which you know it doesn't provide that much benefit at that point right and the ultimate goal for me is obviously not to just get to the lpga it's to be a top player on the lpga and um i know a lot of people who maybe you know they don't play the sport professionally they think it's very glamorous and it is it can be but I think the behind the scenes and the grind and all the stuff, the not so glamorous things mm-hmm. that go into it, a lot of people don't realize, you know, the yes. effort and what you have to do to get there. Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm well, enjoying it, but yes. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of work. <laughs> this is definitely a grind. And I know this is just the tip of the iceberg of your story. We can continue these episodes you know maybe we'll do another one in the future oh yeah when you definitely get your pro card you make it on the lpga tour and uh get more success too um but it's like i say with everybody people don't see the behind the scenes they don't see the obstacles they don't see the hard times you know and that's Mm -hmm. all part of the process right to you know achieve all of the goals that you set out to so and that's i try to 
to showcase that on my social media or just like in person if you meet me i Uh try to just i like to just be authentic and keep it real and be myself because i think a lot of the media shows all the good shots they show all the Uh good highlight reels which is fine i mean Uh they're cool to watch but i mean i haven't really seen anyone that shows the other stuff yes not just the good, but I want to see the bad. Yes. And so, I mean, when people ask me questions or if they need tips or advice, or maybe it's someone who wants to pursue also, mm-hmm. a, you know, a professional golf career. I mean, I just, I'm very truthful and I yes. say everything that I've experienced and what to expect. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that you keep it real. And this conversation, we definitely can <laughs> hear some of all of that backstory and everything. And that's what really makes it fun. Before we leave, I know you have a lot of things that you have to do when you're home for this short stint. But before we leave, is there any last words or last messages for anybody out there that could be either striving for goals or maybe having a rough time or anything like that? Is there anything that you want to pass on to the general, anyone that's listening? Um, I mean, just from what I've learned, you know, whatever you're pursuing in life, Again, it doesn't have to be sports, whether it be business or whatever profession you're in. Mm -hmm. I think you should obviously pick something that you are passionate about Mm -hmm. and that you enjoy doing because you will be on the journey for a long time. And like I said earlier, you have to just enjoy the entirety of everything. Mm -hmm. And again, it's there's nothing wrong with having expectations and standards but you know also give yourself credit sometimes you work hard to where you get to and um i think a lot of it is the confident cocky aspect of it Mm -hmm. if you put in the preparation and the work for whatever you're doing you kind of have to go out there and when it's time to go and you get the opportunity to do what you want to do i think it's so important to understand that confidence comes from within regardless and yes you have you know your inner team or your inner friends family whatever it is you know they're they're positive to be around and you feed off of that but I think that only does so much I think the confidence and the knowing that you're good and that all the preparation that you and the work that you put in that's what will fuel your confidence regardless of how you perform or whether you got the job or whatever it is I think that's probably the biggest thing yeah if a lot of people I mean we all are improving that right but just that belief and confidence self-belief yeah self-belief and faith is my biggest thing that i would say in whatever you're doing yes Mm -hmm. great message and great conversation we'll definitely have to do this again but we wish you all the best moving forward i'm going to be following along your career maybe one day we'll go on the golf course absolutely uh, (laughs) be like what is this mess but no it'll be fun um but i look forward to all of this i mean thank you again so much for coming on the podcast no problem i'm happy to be here yeah this was fun we'll do it again 